2: So live. We're oh, live yeah. now. So We're
1: live can now. Start now. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the
0: Super Rugby Review Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Yes, we are back yet again. As you can see, we have Mister Bright's Orange T-shirt guy Ashwin back, uh, and you can possibly have told uh, maybe I'm not sure how much you got of that of him trying to find various buttons on the screen. It's been so long since he's been doing these shows. Yeah, he's like a month and a half, two months off actually. Yes, and, uh, back. He's back, and uh, yeah, he's not that bad. But hey. He might be bad in his presenting. We'll have to wait and see. Um, So, good evening, Ashwin. Hi. As you can tell, I'm not at home. I'm in Ashwin's um, office. And uh, good evening, Boa. How are you doing?
3: Very, very good evening. Thank you very much. Orange, a colour which suits you, Ashwin. And orange for orange card. Hopefully, we see that card in action in Auckland's senior club competition this season. Much thanks to my safe tackle framework. A little bit of practicality in rugby. So, let's see. I hope you guys are well
2: yeah no we're good we're good it's been a very busy day been a very busy day um uh, for myself and uh paul's yep. paul's had a very busy day he's got some more good content coming up for new zealand sport radio um not necessarily rugby but um yes. yeah it's still good good stuff yep so great content coming out also
0: check out the uh, Indo kiwi kiwi Cricket Club, um, where, uh, there's, where I've been posting some stuff today for them as they've they invited me out to help cover their tournament. So if you would like help covering one of your sports tournaments, um, then just uh, – and obviously, um, I can get there. Then um, I'd love to uh, help you out with that, giving you some exposure, some interviews and stuff. And, hey, if you'd like to fly me around the world yep. well, – That's no.
2: oh, what I was just going to say. Post, you,
0: Post-COVID.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. fly. Fly, <laughs> fly around New Zealand at the moment. That's okay. Absolutely. I think I think
3: guys that's that's a brilliant initiative because given that you know COVID's having a massive say on sport and there's a lot of sport happening in and around New Zealand so I think it's it's a great initiative great community engagement from New Zealand Sport Radio so well done to both of you and hopefully this snowballs into something enormous.
2: Yeah well just just a bit of background on the um, obviously we have to talk rugby but uh, the Endo kiwi boys have been going for over 20 years, so they've had organised competition for over 20 years, and they actually have teams, like about 20-odd teams, in um, the general club competition as well, um, and then they organise this T20 competition. So it's, it's interesting that you know you've got these sort of community-based groups that have had these very successful competitions going for numerous years.
3: It's, it's a great talent scouting platform as well, because I spend a lot of time in the Auckland Samoan and Auckland Tongan rugby tournaments are on, and uh, it's it's a great uh, talent uh, headhunting ground for myself, for Manuka Rose,
2: so there you go. <laughs> well, actually, interesting you said that. So, like, this tournament has been going on again. Not quite rugby, but just gives you an idea and a flavour of how community sport is actually happening out there. But... Um, mm. Aditya Ashoka that um, has played under 19s for New Zealand went to the under 19 tournament. He was out there today playing and uh, for one of the teams um, in the T20 t- tournament that Paul was at. So uh, they've got some. They've got some other under 19 players as well. That, but that's a, a name that's coming up and coming. And I'm sure we'll see in Black Caps colours in the years to come. So for more information, for, for more stuff on cricket, um, do check out
0: New Zealand Sports Radio and also Swinging from the Hip. Um, our, <laughs> our, our cricket, just uh, a cricket, a cricket show. I thought I'd do a booty cat. Our cricket, yes, our cricket um, group uh, discussion group. So, uh, always uh, good for a chat about that. Um, evening everyone who's joined us in the live chat. Yeah, so let's kick off then um, with the um, Chiefs versus the Highlanders. Um, and uh, look, the Chiefs didn't make too bad a start to this. Uh, got themselves a holding on penalty with uh, within about uh, 30 seconds and <laughs> knocked over the points. Um, to go 3-0 up. And one of the interesting things about this one is that um, basically until we had yellow cards, both teams were taking points, which is um, uh, the kind of thing you've been championing and say that teams should be doing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Because because of the nature and the format of the tournament, I think every minute matters. So you've kind of got to play every game as if it was a knockout final. So whenever you get opportunity to get the points, bank the points. Uh, And, and, you know, especially um, just looking at the ball being live, being played, you know the Kiwi teams really like to uh, play the ball quite open and fast, so the tempo is is you know really upbeat. So it really does take a toll, especially in these weather conditions when it's uh, you know slightly hotter. So whenever you get the chance, you know slow things down, get some control, get some water back into the system, and 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 take the points. So um, love to see uh, you know loving to, to see these New Zealand teams wanting to bank the points. And I think a bigger picture, you know, hopefully we can convert this into test rugby as well. Whenever we get the opportunity, take the three points.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, then we had, uh, I guess, we had a couple of yellow cards. Uh, First one for Tomkinson, not getting back on site. So it's a clinical play after a big break um, by the Chiefs. Um, And this led the Chiefs basically to change their tactics. Once they're a man up, um, they uh, decide to take scrums rather than uh, penalties uh, and uh, getting a um, uh, a couple of tries um, in uh, whilst they're a man up, and he thought suddenly twenty to six. Um, uh, the, uh, the the Chiefs are back into pre lockdown um, form, sort of early twenty ten form. Sorry, no, 2010. No, early twenty ten. Twenty ten. Uh, wow!
2: During, during. Rolling the clock back. There. Early twenty. Glenn Jackson was actually playing for the Chiefs back then. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
3: Early. It was a great goal kicker, Glenn Jackson. Much better goal kicker than a referee. <laughs> I have to say that
2: early,
0: early, hey. uh, yep, early, early 2024. Sorry, um, when we thought and they didn't look a bit dangerous initially under Um and um, you're thinking, hey, look, this is looking good for them. Especially then, they got a bit lucky. Let's be honest. Um, there was a forward pass ahead of Ash Dixon's um, uh, yellow card, but that's uh, that was missed by the um, by the referees. Um, surprise, Ash Dixon Yeah. Right. Don't worry. We'll be muting Boa if he goes on too long about referees. Um, <laughs> this evening. The, um, the Ash Dixon, I say, yeah, uh, diving over. I mean, look, what he did was yellow card worthy, diving over and killing the ball uh, after a break. Absolutely. Should he? Sh- should should the player be allowed to continue that long? No, it shouldn't. Um, but um, that seemed to galvanise the, uh, the, the Highlanders. And suddenly, um, whilst they're a man down, um, they then actually come back, do a line-up more, um, the where well, so there's a line-up more by the Chiefs. Gatland look, one of the things like this Highlanders defense had it been working, not entirely, hence, we got those two tries from, from scrums. Um, but one of the things it had been was definitely rushing quick, putting players under pressure. Gatland not basically reading the um, what do you call it? On blank, uh, reading the room, reading the play, tries to chip over, which is totally the wrong style of play for that against that defense. Um, gets knocked down, and off goes Nariki, um, who shows. Um, Connie Garden Bishop, how it's done. Yes, he's not the fastest Jackson. guy. Connor?
2: Jackson Garden Bishop. Connor's, Connor's his brother who's playing for the Highlanders. Jackson's the one that today that ran short. Was it? Oops. Yeah. Okay, sorry, <laughs> wrong one. Damn, I was going Just, so wrong. This like, so hey, wrong. Yeah, it's like Jack, Jack and Josh, hey, you know. Who are they? No <laughs> um, is that
0: Jack and Jill? Anyway, um, Right. Nice. <laughs> Who was it again? Jackson. Gun- Jackson basher Jackson gunn This um, yes, mess things up. We'll talk about that later. Um, but look, Nariki, not the fastest guy. He's getting closed down by by Jonah Lowe, but he he, he he keeps composed. Takes takes a great line to the try line. Dives um, early, knowing he'll slide over, and a great try by um, uh, by by uh, Nariki. By, by Nariki that basically turns the, um, the 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 tide of the game. Um, Misconversion by Joshuani Joshuani misses a penalty as well. So, really, in that second yellow card, the the, the Highlanders dominated, even being a man down. And the uh, yeah, a, um, a totally different side somehow from with with just that Nariki interception being 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 key there.
3: yeah, absolutely. I think that was a turning point. The the wrong option, as you rightly pointed out, going for that cross kick. And look, chief strength is their width. Out wide, out on the tram lines, they just need to use those attack weapons, guys like Jonah Lowe. And he's got some serious space and wheels. But for some reason, they opted to play this little sort of cute 50-50, uh, you know, cross-kick sort of game, which they're not very good at. And they they basically played jo- uh, Nareki right into form. And boy, soon as uh, there was broken play, I think the Highlanders understood that the Chiefs weren't putting line speed because they were drifting. And I think they were drifting way too slow. Um, you know, the Highlanders look to attack with. And they basically outplayed the Chiefs for about 20 minutes at their own game. And also, I think with the Highlanders, when they put their front foot forward and actually started getting good front football, uh, quick recycle, you know, it, it's very, very difficult. They are a side who are pretty much a confident side. And that they show some real good skills. And one thing from a coaching point of view I have to highlight is, the Highlanders, the first receivers, were getting the ball right in front of their, their eyes and chest line, whereas some of the Chiefs guys had to sort of go to the left. And uh, that's what was actually slowing everything down. And that allowed the Highlanders' defence to really get in their face. And even that cross-kick, if you if you, if you you look, look at the tape, if you play back, you can see that the first pass was not ideally in that right situation to execute that kick as fast as they could. And that gave... Uh, Nareki ample opportunity to
0: hit the intercept. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, but, I mean that second try by, um, the, it's, it was another prime example of that. I, uh, 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 Dame McKenzie is turning around, taking it behind him. Uh, and look, it's a great take, but that pass is is, is far from where it should be. Uh, and But they got away with that time of score, but not that, that other times, no.
2: But well, I think, you know, you, you have to, look, going back to the, let's just look at the game overall here. The Chiefs starting off, well, that's what classic, what, teams that have been losing 10 in a row do, right? They come out there, they are all pumped up, all guns blazing. But at the end of the day, the only one that thought that the Chiefs were ever going to win that game was Paul when he put $3 on there. That's probably because he lives in Waihee now. But the reality is that the Highlanders were always going to win that game. It was just a case of, yeah, there was a few things going wrong for the Highlanders early on, you know, little you know, things that just couldn't get their game started. Once they got their game started, they were always going to roll over the top of the Chiefs um, and it was quite a comfortable win when you look at it apart from the early points that the Chiefs got um, early doors um it was all Highlanders thereafter,
0: anyway, wasn't it? I think when you look at the score, the
2: final no, c- one. Kind of, but it was all Nariki, really. I'm not sure, oh, I'm not sure Yeah, are sure. players on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I
3: mean, I mean look, uh, 100, 197 run beaters. And of course, uh, another point I have to highlight is the Chiefs kind of got out muscle in the ruck, the first two ruck phases. They didn't commit enough numbers. And when they did, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was what I call a soft uh, go forward. And that's where uh, there were a couple of critical turnovers and then the ball went to Nareki and it was all history because they had some of the bigger boys out wide and they couldn't even lay a finger on him. So from a tactical point of view, very poor by the Chiefs and I think they paid the price for about a period where there was 20 minutes, but they were very casual. They were going way too high and this is something I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. The uh, players entering into a tackle way above that chest line and it's almost like trying to grace people on the back of the shoulders. Uh, it's 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 not good and if you look at the missed tackle count and where the chiefs missed some of those critical tackles it was it was appalling so it's 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 not what you expect at this level of rugby
0: well look, I mean, the the, the 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 chiefs were were poor I mean, 85% tackle rate but the highlanders were worse at 75% but anyway um so who had more ball the, the um I mean the the Highlanders had had, um, had more, more, more actually well 50 ah, and yeah. the highlanders had better territory. Um, no, pre- is pre- that the, the, the um is if you is is, is those is they is when they made clean breaks, they nailed them. And I think mean, that's really the kind of the big difference between these two sides. Bang <laughs> on.
3: yeah, bang on, on. And, and precisely my point because if you I think the the poor tackle technique or that entry into a tackle was really highlighted. With that uh, uh, penalty, where there was an elbow to Joshua Ioane's, uh head. Now, if you if you slowed slow that uh, video footage down, I mean, Ioane was literally on his toes, upright like a stick, uh, with his eyes closed and his head up. And you know, that, that, I mean, who on earth teaches you to tackle like that? And that's it's it's appalling. So that to me personified why both teams are missing so many tackles. Uh, but at the same time, as you rightly pointed out, Paul. It was those clean breaks, and, and the moment where those clean breaks occurred, the Chiefs paid a very, very high price. And, you know, some days, you know, guys like Nareki, uh, you know, you give them space, it's game over. So that's what we saw.
0: Yeah, so we I mean, so we've talked about Nareki, so he, he scored three tries. Um, Set it, uh, and, and, created that one for And, and then created one for, for, for Zou- um, as, as as well, so which I guess look, that shows um, the players like Frizzell. Uh, it, 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 it's all going well to make that break, but you need that Frizzell, you need that player to be there with you, supporting you for for for, for when you get caught. So, the um, yeah, so great um, great awareness, as you say, by, by players about who's in front of them. Also, Fakataba, I've got to talk about him. He started he started instead of Aaron Smith this time. Um, yeah, just off the line. Notices that uh, the basically that the uh, the chief defense is not respecting him, um, and he's going so he dummies. They all run off to the side and he just walks through the gap, um, there to score. Um, Aaron Smith clearly was not happy with the young gun up, up staging him because he was pulled straight after that and replaced. I'm joking, folks. Um, the uh, um, <laughs> that was a uh, um, 50 minutes, uh, and uh, which which is which is a, a good um. Uh, a, a good chunk of time and um uh, good, good good rotation of those of those two um of those two scrum halves something that the, the crusaders have been doing for a years.
2: of oh, well i mean I, I just in the Whakatava thing this is like just a massive win for the islanders in terms of the fact that they've got two very quality half backs now you know and um yeah you, you've gone from Aaron Smith playing 78 minutes of a game every game 12 games a season um to now genuinely you know you, you they can easily, oh, oh, Aaron Smith, 60 minutes, you know, let's, let's um, sub him. Or start like they did against the Chief of Whakataba because, you know, he's a quality player that brings so much to the table. And, you know, he's bringing different games to Aaron Smith as well, right? And the fact that um, they, they can, hey, look, we, we change it up. So you don't know what the Highlanders is going to bring. It's something different with the two
3: halfbacks. Yeah, and from an All Blacks high-performance point of view, you know, great way to manage Aaron Smith's minutes as well. So, I think this is a wonderful precursor into the test season. Um, And also, you know, great succession planning and giving guys like Fakatawa quality game time. You know, he's going to be a good understudy under Aaron Smith. Uh, And especially with guys like Tony Brown. I mean, you know, they know their jam inside out and they work very closely with the All Blacks coaching staff. So, I think great signs, wonderful work. Um, And yeah... The, the other real crucial thing for me was the Highlanders in their set piece, they went back to the basics. They went to that number two, number four, the money ball, kept it simple, quick, nice ball from the top, and they shifted it wide to guys like the Reiki. So, you know, that's what you really need. You go back to your basics, do it really well, do it at speed, and next thing you know, you're you know 40 points ahead.
0: The other thing we should um, talk about is the first ever successful captain's challenge or the first first captain's challenge um, that we had there at the end of the game um, for a uh, high elbow lead uh, that um, Aaron Smith did for. Now, um, I know, Bo, you were like, oh, dear, the referee's kind of uh, all over the place here. Yeah, and to be fair to the referee, he had the TMO in his ear. He was talking to an AR and he also had um, yeah, uh, Aaron Smith going, ref, 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 ref challenge, <laughs> ref, ref, ref <laughs> challenge, <laughs> challenge, 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 <laughs> captain challenge, ref, ref, ref challenge. <laughs> and he's like, guys, give me some space to listen. Um, now, uh, uh, as was pointed out, um that's uh, good um uh out captaining the All Blacks captain because after this um Sam came to us to a counter uh, captain's challenge and the referee says you have ten seconds to make that uh, to, to make those. You were well, beyond the ten seconds, sorry, mate, you're, you're too late. Um so clearly the um yeah, Aaron Smith very much on top of the laws, unsurprisingly. Um, some came not quite there
2: with that one I'd like to go back and look at that clock then because you're supposed to make it 10 seconds within the incident occurring yes. so did he then you had that then you had a phase and then you had the try scored or was the try scored directly oh, surely it's got to be 10, 10 seconds from no 10 seconds from the time that it happened so if you're mid-flow of the game you're supposed to pick it up and go ref I want to make a captain or
3: yeah, so, so, gentlemen, you, you you see the confusion and 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 the, the complication this this is causing, and this is why I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this. I think what needs to happen is get rid of this whole nonsense. The TMO, if they see something wrong, just interject and
2: let some common sense prevail. And it's been happening, absolutely. And, and so, I mean, like the other thing about this one captain's call is that again they've got the call wrong, right? I mean, like it was there was no mitigating circumstances. That's red. It's with force directly to the guy's throat. What's the mitigating circumstances? Yep. He was reaching yep. up for him? Because as you said, he was on his tippy toes trying to tackle him, so he's now had to actually reach up to get to the throat. And we yep. saw a situation in the, in the game, today's game too, where again, they made the wrong call, because they're starting to now move away from what they did last year, which is go by the rule book and oh, the, say... So the, the, the high tackle framework. Uh, the uh, well, high, tackle, high tackle framework, exactly. But saying... Okay, we start off any contact with the head, we start off with the red, and we look for mitigating circumstances to go to yellow or no penalty. And it's just like, hang on, they're not doing that. And today, um, second, what Artie should have had a second yellow card when he makes contact with Sam Whitelock's head. And they start off, is there contact with the head? Yes, there is. It's a red card because there's direct contact with force to the head. Now we look at are they mitigating circumstances? Now in the RD situation, they were mitigating circumstances because of the tackle scenario, but it was still a yellow card, would have been a second yellow card and therefore red. But the moved away, the key thing is the moved away from last year from the framework for looking at these high shots or these head contacts. So, you, you, you can see, or, or, you know, all this is doing
3: is making the game complex. This is like trying to retrieve or uh, get a discount on grab one. You know how they say you get certain percentage if you get a car wash and then you take it to the car wash and the guy says, well, you can't actually turn up on Sunday. You got to turn up on Monday at this time, at this yeah. address. And you turn up and they say, well, it's actually, not, you know, in our, in our Wellington branch. Can you drive down to Wellington? So, so <laughs> guys, this This complexity needs to be taken out. One yeah. plus one equals two. Let's just focus on the real simple stuff. I think I think we're just trying to get way too cute, and we're focusing on all the wrong areas. Just focus on the the knock-ons, the forward passes, the very obvious stuff. Which I might add, the referees are getting wrong.
0: Okay. Anyway, um, we don't want to go down too much of repeating what we've talked about over the last three or four weeks around referees, but we do have to talk about one other incident in this game, which was a which was a tackle in the air um, where the player comes down on his back. Now um the situation for this one folks is there is a awful pass <laughs> out wide the defender comes in to tackle a player who is expected to be running towards him taking the ball and the other player goes suddenly. oh I can't reach that I'm going to jump up and jumps up and lands into, into a player who's who's trying to tackle someone on the ground uh who then um does actually try and pull out I think but basically doesn't doesn't follow through
2: with it I I, I actually think I mean like, I haven't actually watched it multiple times so I might be wrong on this but I felt the tackle, in this situation actually stops, and therefore the tackleee actually ends up carrying on running and jumping, and therefore momentum carries them into the static tackle player who has actually stopped. That's fine. Yes,
0: you're true. That's all. That's all true. The thing is, has contact been made? As we go running, yep, running to yep, this again, yep, yep, has yep. contact been made to play with the player? Yes. Yes. Has he landed? Has he landed dangerously? Yes.
2: yes. Is it on his back? Yes. yes. No, No. 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 That's when you start to look at, that's when you look at the mitigating. Why are the mitigating circumstances? The mitigating circumstances in this situation, the tackler has actually stopped and the tacklee has made contact so with it them. It doesn't matter. We've, if, a, bit, a bit like when when, we've had play, when, we, when you have a kick and a guy catches a kick. Yep. We've had players standing in the drop zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And standing and in the drop zone, okay? So, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, he's in the vicinity. This is the tackler has actually stopped and the tackleee... Is carried on into him. Yeah. You can't, it's just like, no, no, no. But anyway, if, but if, he, no. if he had carried on into him, like, okay, and still take that one extra one step forward and then makes contact, then it's the tackler's fault. But when you've stopped and the dude carries on, okay, so what happens? You're in the back line, you're standing there, like, totally static. Let me finish, let me finish. The tackler, say so you're in the back line, he's totally stopping. And then the you pass the ball to the, 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 the tacking team, is passing the ball in the back line. They run and then they jump. And then they just sort of flip over the guy that's that, that hasn't even come pro, progress forward. What's the difference? Now, look, I'm going to say, look, I, I, I agree. There's nothing the tackler,
0: the, the tackler could do, and I think the sensible decision was made, right? So, so I think the, the, yep. the sensible decision was made. But according to the letter of the, of the rules, the referee went away from that of the rules, made, made the made the sensible and the correct decision. No, I don't believe he went that, away from.
2: I, I believe, as I say, well, I think I think you, that's where you look at. You start off, and you're looking for mitigating circumstances which they, uh, you know, I don't think they actually went through this process. But the fact is that the mitigating circumstances would have actually allowed for the fact that the tackler has stopped and has not progressed into the ball carrier. Well, we're going
3: to... I I, I wholeheartedly agree with what Nocturnal says. Look, the the law is actually not... There's not enough clarity. So the easiest way to fix this going forward is if someone is uh, up in the air attacking the ball and if the defender has... Little to no chance in making an attempt to contest it. Don't touch the player. As soon as you go up and touch the player, it has to be an automatic penalty. So the best thing to do is, if someone goes up in there for the sake of safety and, you know, fan sanity, don't touch him. It's simple. Let him safely land and then tackle him. I think that's where the amendment has to come in. Otherwise...
0: No, that, that, the, the difference here is that um in this case, uh, for, for kicks, totally agree with you, right? But in this case, when it's, when it's a pass, where the player cannot expect... The, the, the attacking player to, to be in the air i'm not the, the attacking player should not be in the air in that situation right um so but anyway yeah you know, but this is like the, okay,
2: so, so basically with the law in terms of padding it out right and making sure there's a, okay the law applies to kicks not to the passing situation yeah um the um
0: the <laughs> <laughs> um the um <laughs> we're, 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 I'm, I'm not putting that comment up on screen. If you want to see Aaron's comment, please feel Why free. Why not? It's um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, well, anyway, <laughs> no. um, anyway, well, um, so basically, <laughs> look, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> the, the, the law wasn't followed, but the referee made the right decision or, or, or made a sensible decision, but the, he, didn't, he didn't follow the law. Um, the uh, so yeah, that's so. 25 minutes on the first game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's normal. though was it. Rather than the fifteen, we're supposed to spend the beach game. But anyway, so moving on then. Unless there's any final points you guys want we'll to make about that, that game, not
2: including referee. Yeah. How did Paul? How did put three bucks on the Chiefs?
3: <laughs> I think. And, and hey, my my uh, prediction early mail. Well, where Highland is a good value bet for a long shot. I think they're only going to get better. I'm not so sure whether they can actually tip the Crusaders, but. Uh, so, I just really see some good signs and especially guys like Liam Squire, uh, you know, getting more and more involved in the game. Uh, and also Joshua Ioane right towards that uh, s- uh, second half where he started really striking the ball from the corners and getting his kicking on point. The radar was on point. So, I think that's going to be a significant impact uh in some of the tighter games. And we will start seeing the Highlanders actually shoot for goal more often. The, um
0: Cool, uh, so that's th- that's the, the, the first game of the weekend. Uh, moving on then, we went across to Australia for the second game Australia. for um, the Waratahs versus the Force. The Force, a team that had not won a game in Super Rugby since the 15th of July, 2017, um, as the uh, commentators like to keep reminding us. Uh, obviously, the commentators decided to ignore the fact that they hadn't been in Super Rugby for two of those years in between, but anyway, have that, um, and weren't allowed to try and win a game, but anyway. That's a very
3: game. Australian trait, I have to say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, the last game, the Force um, won was their very last game in Super Bowl before they got thrown out. And they beat the Waratahs 40 to 11. Um, and, uh, that so, was, they had four. so they had form. So they had form. And uh, I'll tell you, early on, I was thinking, oh, my word. The Waratahs have actually pulled things together. They got an early try. They then kept the scoreboard ticking over, and we're leading thirteen nil after twenty-three minutes. Um, and you're thinking, "Wow, well, um, the, uh, the, have the Waratahs turned a corner? Have they actually um, got themselves uh, into in, in, into a good place?" Um, the answer, folks, is no, they haven't. Uh, but, but, so, but hey, they managed to fake it for the first um, for the first quarter of the game, at least. Fake um, it
2: until you make it. Exactly. Um, <laughs>
0: until. The, um, the the four swords had had enough of their backs messing things up um and decided that they would do it themselves and show, show how how it's done so um thrush makes a makes a um good hands to set Anthony uh, free um who uh, then finds lee Warner uh in, in a very composed man- manner um to uh, to go over and score uh, and suddenly a game that the Waratahs had looked like they, in, they that they were in, in a decent place for and they're back at 13-10 at half time Wow, they, they know how to, uh, to to throw things away pretty quickly, don't
3: they? Well, we have a emerging trend here. The Waratahs a great starters. if you, anyone wants, to put some money on first points go Waratahs for a bit of a three or a five point head start. I think that's the way to go. But um, again, look, it's it's reflectant on the talent they have at the moment, and you know they just they just haven't got the cattle to win games at this level. Uh, and it's it's like a soda pop bottle. You know, they play a great quarter and then they just fade off and they do everything from there on in to lose again. Uh And also, with with, with the force, uh, you're, you're absolutely right, Paul. You know, the, the backs just did everything to keep the Waratahs in the game and as soon as they figured out that the forwards need to start doing some good old passionate hard yards, yeah, it was a different ball
2: game. This is like just like the Chiefs though, wasn't it, the Waratahs? was like you get all pumped up in the sheds, you come out fired up, so you put in a good 20 minutes to start with, but there's nothing really to back it up, and it's only really the uh, adrenaline from out of the sheds that gets them through that first 20, and then once you, you get rolled over going um, with a wet sail from the opposition.
3: Yeah, and also, you know, I mean, I, I keep a very close eye on all the uh, New Zealand and Australian uh, franchises, how they train, how they prepare. And I have to say, in comparison to the New Zealand counterparts, you know, there is a, a significant uh shift or significant lack of quality of how they prepare the intensity everything is just five six times more intense especially with the skill level the ability with the softer skills you know catching the ball with the fingertips being able to transfer it from point to point at record speed and of course you know uh the the the, the level of conditioning is just you know it's Choke and cheese I mean some of these New Zealand teams the guys when they turn up for their first uh anaerobic testing in 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 preseason man incredible incredible numbers especially the Bronco test you compare that to the Australian guys yeah you can you can say they're lagging behind quite significantly which is probably
0: why looks so I say
3: yeah the game largely fizzles after fizzles during the second half
0: and they need it
2: to frizzle
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah and um yeah, I think technically, um, I mean, with the greatest respect for uh Superag coaches, I mean, it, it it really surprises me that technically they are not as crisp as their Australian counterparts. And you know, some of the stuff they do in the contact, because you know, I talk to most of these ref- uh the uh coaches, uh, you know, they, they tend to uh seek seek a bit of advice, especially with uh safe tackle framework from time to time. And I, I have to say I'm really surprised at Significant uh, drop in levels of intensity when it comes to the contact, and um, you you could really see that, especially the Vorta's and the Force. The, the the way these guys are missing tackles, uh, it, it's quite alarming. So um, I, I, hopefully we have a Trans tasman competition, and boy, uh, imagine imagine if the Crusaders were to draw a team like the Vorta's first up. You know what sort of carnage we're going to have?
1: Carnage. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, yeah. Um, just on the uh, Force. When You go through some of those names, they've got some pretty big name players in there. It's at least the starting 15, don't they? Absolutely. But the problem is, they've all had two games together, right? There's
0: yeah, just, right. there just no understanding between them, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, and and so, yeah, no, there's a lot of and, and some of those guys trust are coming towards the end of their careers as well, yeah. Um, the people like Kahui, um, and um, Rob Kearney, for example, hmm. um, but yeah, they, they yeah, they've, they've got some because basically rugby uh, australia decided to shut down their, their development pathways for for a couple of years they've had to go out shopping whilst they get their development pathways back up and running yeah
2: um and, that's and really they've got nice. some yeah yep. but, they, but they have got some good quality experience it's not oh, yeah. if not i mean like as you said they're getting on and long in the tooth <laughs> of it but they've got some really good experience if they have only had two games together they've got that opportunity to just keep on the improvement haven't
0: they oh they've they've they're one of the the for, for me dark horses no, no, no <laughs> i horse, but. Um, they've got the most upside out of any team yeah. out of any team in Australia.
3: Right. The, 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 um, on, on them, the- may, may, may the force be with them. <laughs>
2: yeah. oh. and it's May too. Um, no, it's so not. Just it's March. It's March. <laughs> I'm COVID <laughs> down. I'm all confused. Covered <laughs> out. It's, it's still
0: March. March it's not even March, but do March <laughs> yeah, the fourth. What
3: you the the guy um, I really feel sorry. This whole mess is actually Rob Benny. You are a heck of a nice guy. And I think it's only a matter before he hangs himself. And oh, but but then again, you know, you can't I mean
0: sorry, not literally speaking, we mean which step down from the, from the Uh yeah,
3: that's
2: a figure of speech, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> well no, they asked him in the interview after the game, but I didn't I don't hear the interview after the game or, or in some press conference or something, they sort of said, Should they should they, you know, should should, should they get rid of you as the coach? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't say. He didn't say. No, no. I'm the right man for the job. You know, I'm here, and I'll get. You know, we're on Look, track. Any, l- looking looking players, at how,
3: looking at how poorly they're playing, they're better off actually playing without a coach because this is a team which is playing aimless rugby. So it's not going to make much difference. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe if they just turn up and play, uh, like you know, Sunday footy, throw the ball around. Given the, how how poor some of the defensive efforts are from the. Uh, Opposition, they might just sneak in a few tries, and you know that might be the way forward. And of course, you know it's it, it it pains me to see a guy like Rob Penny. I mean, he's got a he's got a really strong reputation as a coach. His reputation is going to be dragged through the mud, and it's it's just you know from, from personal point of view, I, I I just feel really sorry for the guy because he's a great coach. Um, you know, he's he's helped me out uh, mentoring what I do. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, maybe maybe the best thing for NSW Waratahs is to play without a coach and maybe experiment. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's going to take time, but it requires change above penny, really. Um, it's, it's not the, the issues aren't the issues aren't there. The issues are higher up the board, etc. Anyway, rather than trying to dissect what's wrong with the Waratahs um, uh, organisation, the warriors just, just coming to just coming into um, something. They made they made plenty of breaks, but just kept dropping the ball. They get had they had opportunities in second half. Um, the force really did try to let him back into it though, um with um uh the uh the force replacement hooker um deciding that uh, he would go nice and high, um strike for the head, red card. Yep, yeah, obviously yeah, it was quite clear um that it was red and off he goes. Uh sorry, that's what was strike there. This, this this was this was a punch, wasn't it? That's right, this is the, the punching one. And seriously, somebody is holding on to a jersey, fine, you get upset about it. You don't hit him in the face with a closed fist. Oh,
2: you mean like Joe Moody?
0: Like, but well, no, Wait, open
2: fist, open fist. <laughs> You've <laughs> got to do it with an open, you got open palm. That, that, like that.
3: that is, that is the advantage of having an optometrist as a referee. He doesn't see that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so anyway, uh, look, yeah, they, they at least they've admitted that they got they they, they got the moody one wrong. The fact that they admitted it wrong, it should be yellow. It's wrong, it should be red. But anyway, never mind. Moving <laughs> on from that, that, that was weeks, or at least one week ago. Um, the um, so yeah, so the uh, so they got the, they they lost the player. Um, they then are defending really, really well. How are they defending really well? By not putting anybody in the ruck and just by having 14 men on their feet. So what does one of their players decide to do? Go into the ruck and give up a penalty. <laughs> Seriously. So, so, so giving up three points, putting the uh, putting the tiles back within a point. Um, they did save themselves by getting by getting a scrum penalty uh, and kicking over to, to, to extend it back out to four. But really, um, some self-destruct moments in there for the force. Uh, but uh, they managed to rectify it and sneak over the line. For them, it doesn't matter or it's not really so much about the manner of the win.
3: It's just that they've
0: got to win is the important thing for them, I think.
3: Yeah, no question about it because things are very super desperate now. Super, super desperate. And it's it doesn't reflect well at all on New South Wales as a uh, rugby powerhouse. And um, yeah, I think this 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 season there'll be some collateral damage. And with, I mean, it's... At, at some point, they will have to have some kind of dramatic intervention. Now what that is, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, maybe Rugby Australia might need to step in and provide some loan players, something to that effect. But unless there is uh, a minor miracle for the Orotas, it's it's only going to get worse. And they're actually not helping themselves because some of the players, they look completely lost. Uh, in executing some of their very basic skills, so that's to me that's two for from a coaching point of view. Upstairs, there's there's a lack of clarity, and um, also I'd, I'd be really really interested to see how and what they train, and um, you know they probably have some very uh, lackadaisical preparation as well. So uh, yeah, they need a miracle. Mm.
0: Okay, so uh, yeah, Charles t- basically don't put your three dollars on them. I didn't. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Um, versus Rebels. Um, let's be honest. Um, in this one, um, the we, we, we'd we seen the previous, the Rebels had shown us the previous week what we were going to get from them. And boy, did they deliver yet again. Yes, they're going to kick threes, they're going to defend, and they're never going to look like scoring a try. Um, and uh, to be, to be fair, they they I think they had they got over the line once, um, and uh, and had it disallowed. Um, but basically, yeah, they were, they were going to take every shot at three, uh, and accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And what was a bit surprising was actually the Brumbies decided to, to do the same initially, um, which I think is when, when we know the Brumbies are very much a go the corner line out more. Um, that so uh, to see them kick three early on was a bit of a surprise um, to me. Um, the, uh, the I mean after ninety minutes they they went they, they returned the form and went to the corner and got the try. So um, the uh, but uh, through a grubber through um, that, w- that was uh, um, that, that, that was took it that, that was put down uh again some interesting um hodge getting taken in the air um uh, taken out in the air uh, interesting decisions there that was all a, that uh, he landed on his foot first um the uh brummies unlike previously when they've been a bit more uh, clinical they weren't very clear you can either either say the rebels defense was really good or the brummies just weren't as clinical last night uh as they have been uh in, in previous games and they were was were slightly were, were maybe just just an inch off there. Um, off the pace uh, than than normally.
3: No, they weren't. They weren't as clinical as or robotic, whichever way you want to call it. They weren't as robotic as uh, they are usually are. Yeah? But I, I I like the fact that they take shooting for goal, calling for the shot because again with with the again I'm not trying to harp on on the refereeing, but because of the inconsistency, you're bound to get plenty of opportunity to shoot points. So take the points get ahead on the point, uh, on the uh, scoreboard mm-hmm. and start building some pressure so that the you know opposition then have to start chasing the game. So I think from a tactical point of view, that is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rebels did put up some solid, staunch first-up tackles and I think that kind of jolted the Brumbies into changing that game plan of going to that corner shop and then trying to force themselves with the fishtail more. Uh, but again, you know, both sides, execution by and large was uh, not the greatest. It was poor. There was plenty of handling errors. Uh, by and large, indicative of how Super Rugby AU is heading. But I, I love the fact that teams are willing to take the points and the referees are g- going to aid in a bit that situation a lot.
0: Um, yeah, we, we, another another red card in this one for a um, uh, high tackle by al Um I don't think any arguments there. Uh, for that one, um, yes, Fumicilli uh, does um, go cut, sort of sort of lean, lean in a little bit too, but you do when you're going into contact. Um, so yeah, no arguments there. Alatoa, red card, off you go.
3: No, and this is, I think, look, it's come to a tipping point where Senza have to actually intervene and actually go and ask the coaches. I mean, wh- guys, what's going on? I, I, this is so this is a rare occasion. I'm not going to blame the referees. This is now solely on coaches and players. They are entering into contact far too high. And that card on Alalatoa, yeah, that's a double red for stupidity. I mean, at that level, you just you just don't do that sort of thing. Because the the level of force and um, it's it's starting to eke out a really ugly pattern. Because I'd be really interested to see what the true concussion rates are after both Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby AU are. Uh, because I mean, in today's game we saw another nasty head clash. So this is something I think where Sansa now have to step in, and
0: you know they've, they've stepped in in the past when when scrums were absolutely a disaster and were just a penalty fest um, a few years ago. Um, so they've got form in doing that. So uh, when they come in, tell the tell the coaches, look, this is what you're going to be doing. This is how you're going to do scrums now because we're not going to have our game ruined by just, by just reset scrums. They need to. You say. They, 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 they just need to, uh, yeah, step in and say, guys, we're not going to have our game ruined by uh, high well, tackle.
3: it's Yeah, it's so, it's ineffective. So. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Now, there's a very simple fix. I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet, but hey, safe tackle framework. You you, you just get people to visually enter into a tackle where it's, it's a lot safer. But the reality is, no matter how many cards and penalties are being dished, coaches and players continue to enter into a tackle area a lot higher for two reasons. One, stop the offload. And number two, their hypothesis that they can get away by bunting, staying on the feet, and committing zero players into that tackle, i.e., Ruck. So this is where the problem is. So rather than just say, look, guys, we just need to go low, there has to be some kind of pragmatic interventions. At the moment, I don't think Sansa actually have the technical know-how to do that.
0: The uh in this case, it led to a it led to the uh, rebels leading 10 12 at half time. Um as well. So yeah, as you say, double red or double stupid. Um, we, there was a, definitely a very, a, a lucky um, player in the, um, uh, in, in the second half coming the name now, we had a no arms clear out, uh, which was close to the head, but wasn't actually at the head. Um, so again, he just got lucky in that one. He could very easily have gone, um, as well. Um, we did get another yellow this time for a, uh, and a penalty try as well for collapsing them all, um, as the, uh, Brumbies did what they do well. Um, but again, um, they uh, allowed a, a bit like the force. They got themselves in the lead, kind of thing, um, and then actually um, the uh, then the, no, they didn't get themselves in the lead. They they, they kept themselves in touch. Um, but again, a late yellow, yellow card um, from your head. Um really making themselves do it the hard way. Um, but some um, a great no look pass for for banks. That's how you want to play the game. Love that try. Uh, where he just guided straight through. Um, as you as as you said, a couple, a few teams are playing this drift defence, aren't they? And uh, when you when you do that, you are de- you are potentially leaving us leaving some space back inside if you drift too early.
3: Yeah. Look, uh, the reality is, guys, uh, drift defence is is actually a big risk now at any level, especially first class and above. The reason is attacking teams tend to transfer that ball a lot quicker from edge to edge. So, if you have one moment's hesitation. It's, you know, your, your goose is cooked. So you have to be exceptionally good if you are going to drift. Uh, and the favoured method, and if you look at some of the most successful teams at first-class rugby, regional rugby, and Testo, is this rush defence where they get in people's faces and look to kill the ball uh within those first two passes from the recycle point. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a risk. Um, and... You know, if, if you can't if you can't get your communication and your defensive connectivity correct, you're gonna pay a very, very heavy price.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> in-depth, in-depth edition there from Arthur. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um the um indeed. Uh, yeah. I concur. I can okay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I second that motion, sir. Um looking at look, they both of us kept each other in it. We were 24 all uh with five minutes to go. Um, then a uh, couple of penalties march the Brumbies down the pitch and get them a shot at goal. Now I know you don't agree with some of the calls um on those Boa, um, but at the end of the day, if you leave yourself down to being just uh being at evens or um or within a score, you are allowing the referee to take to decide the game. You need to decide it yourselves by getting a bigger margin, actually winning it properly. Yeah, In look, I know there
3: was there's a there was there were a couple of terrible calls right at the end. One was the um Rumbi's first five, he was right. You know, rebels were attacking, hot on attack, two meters away from the goal line, right under the post. Number ten just lies all over the tackle play. Should have been rolled. It should have been yellow card. Pretty simple. It's a cynical foul. Ref allows it to roll on, and then the ball goes back. And then of course that last uh, uh, legend. Alleged. Um, (laughs) Number seven off his feet. Um, I thought it was a brilliant jackal. I mean, this is the sort of stuff you teach players to do. So from a coaching point of view, very, very disappointed. Um, And and, and look, the the honest thing is, you know, if a player on review day turns up and says, coach, I mean, what did I do wrong? What are you going to tell these guys? You know, go talk to the referee. I mean, so again, look, this is where a bit of consistency needs to come. And I, I say we need to reward positive play. That was a very positive jackal. Uh, we've had a number of workshops over this last couple of years on what is legal and what isn't. He had clear rights to that ball. And there was a, a, a bit of a, a trunk roll, which was pretty sloppy at best. Um, And, you know, average uh, defensive attempt was rewarded then. It's a fantastic kick to seal the game. But for me, the fundamentals are just all messed up. And for me, that I think the the Rebels are very, very hard done by.
2: You see, uh, one thing I was like, and I sent a message when, you know, while the games were on, the fact is that I've lost track now or my understanding of what I believe is when a ruck is formed is not what's being policed this year. It, it's quite good. My understanding was as soon as one player from either team um, is over the ball, a ruck is formed, and that's just not what's being rift Basically, there is definitely a player over the ball, and they're thinking, Oh, no, you're okay to go in and get it, or you know, sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm I really think that it just seems to be that. Um, what my view of what a Iraq is or how it was formed is not what's being policed
3: it's it's what I call a rucker roulette like Russian roulette depends yeah, yeah, on yeah,
1: yeah.
3: you know it's 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 very inconsistent it's very confusing and and look again from from rugby point of view we need to encourage positive play and that was uh, a very positive attempt he, he got his hands he snaffled the ball. And then he just got rolled over, and that whole attempt where he when he got rolled over and he fell over, that's what the referee pinged him for. So to me, that's just a very poor interpretation of the law. But again, it just highlights yeah. why we're confusing yeah. this whole area, which should be pretty simple and straightforward, but it isn't.
0: Well, yeah, at the end of the day, you can't leave it after, you, you. You need to win, win uh, as, as, as Rob Baxter says. Look, we can't let the we can't let ourselves be in a position where the referee can decide. Well, well it's, so.
2: it's, uh, we're going to move. We're going to move on now. No, no, no. But you're. I mean, it's right. And Bowe alluded to this before too. Yeah, you know, in terms of taking the points, it's like you just don't know what the referee's going to call. So you've got to go out there and use positive play. Yeah, so,
3: so going,
1: I think go, going forward, it's it's
3: it's just not worth contesting the ruck. That's my take on it. And that is yeah. that is some of the feedback I give some of the coaches uh, who work with me and mentor. You know, we're going to have a, a, a program um, next Saturday up in Fangre where we we'll get a number of coaches around the country coming up for a, a training program. And that's one of the things I'm actually going to tell them. I say, look, if you're not sure and if it becomes a bit of a lottery, don't contest that situation where it's going to be a penalty.
2: Well, so that's you know what you teach your kids, isn't it? Or you know, read the referee. If you're getting pinned for something early yeah. on, stop it, because that's the way that the referee's calling it. Whether it's right or wrong doesn't matter. That's the way the referee's calling it. Yeah, and so look, at the end of the day, you you have to
3: res- be right or wrong. You have to respect the call which is made in the field. And yeah,
0: mm. that's it. Yeah, but if we look at look at some of the stats, I mean, look, the um the Rebels had 450 run metres compared to 288 by the Brumbies. They made 11 clean breaks to only three by the Brumbies. They had, uh, they beat defenders 23 times out of uh, of 17. They had the 11 offloads to five. They had the stats here to win this game cleanly. They
2: didn't. Um, And uh, yeah, the Brumbies did what they do. uh, So one thing, uh, yeah, look, Um, uh, so one thing just on that, what that sort of shows also was the fact is that if the Brumbies can get some composure and score tries, get some composure as well, uh, they're. They're really going to be competitive against mm. the, you know, and be at the top of the challenging for the top of the table. Oh, the Brumbies are definitely the the, the, the favourites to win that Super Rugby. Absolutely, but
0: they're going to beat the Brumbies. So the Brumbies, sorry, no, the, the Brumbies. Oh, oh yeah, Rebels. Sorry, Rebels, Brumbies. Sorry, Brumbies. Oh,
2: yeah, sorry, I mean Rebels. Sorry,
0: yeah, if the Rebels can actually add, add, add an attack to their
2: defence, yeah, in composure, right? They're they're gonna, they're, yeah. gonna be, then they're going to be um, competitive. Yeah, just just
3: around the ruck. Right. There's a very simple fix which I have actually suggested to the referees. Uh, a number of occasions, you know, have some clear communication. If there's a jackal, you say once you have one crack of the ball. If you fail, you just release. If you have a second yeah. go, it's a penalty. That's yeah. how it's supposed to be policed, but it's not that's not happening.
0: Let's move on. Um, the um, Crusaders versus the uh, uh, the Hurricanes in this one, and um, the Hurricanes again, another game, another get where they started well, um, uh, picked up a yellow card. And uh, for um, Artes of air collapsing a, a maul, a mall that started around at like the 22. Um, so it's a, a, a long way in. So um, you know, a lot of people suggesting that perhaps uh, even a, a, a penalty try could have been uh, given for that one um, there. And um, I can see where that argument is coming from. I should have. But um, what, what, what do we see from this Crusaders team? A team that was ah, so-so initially. Yellow card, bang. Three tries in 10 minutes and the game's gone. Um, cody taylor wow uh playing some um playing some wonderful rugby uh look you should not be able to score a try with a five meter with, with, with the defense set which the hurricanes defense was um to tap and go uh not pass it not have anyone else in your time in your side involved at all for you to run sideways across the line find a gap and dive over that should not be possible um so yeah the hurricanes again perhaps too passive on defense not rushing up enough
3: Totally, totally. Just way too passive and very casual, in fact, because they just gave up the fringe very easily. And Cody Taylor was an outstanding game. And of course, special mention, Cullen Grace and uh, Ethan had a barnstorming game. And also out in the fringe, um, was it Whitelock? I think it's seven carries, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. they, they played some very simple rugby. And, and from tw- uh, 20th minute onwards right to about the 48th, 49th minute, They were sublime. They were on point. They piled up all the points and they just took the foot off the, the pedal. And then the game sort of disintegrated from point to point. But at the same time, I thought the Hurricanes were just far too slow. And in the, they, they had some serious defensive frailties right in the midfield. They put the wrong players to mark the wrong players. And that's why guys like Cody Taylor, they were hitting that gap constantly. Uh, And, you know, Boy, Crusaders—they're clinical. You know, yeah, they are they like the great white Megalodon shark. They sniff blood. They just go and they take a right chunk out of your side, and you know that's it. The goose that's, is well and truly cooked.
2: But the thing is that you know with the Hurricanes is the fact is that you know they—they they, they, they are a very Jekyll and hide team. And you know, you go back a week when they played the Blues. If, if that team that played the Blues turned up to play the Crusaders, different ball game. You, the intensity from the hurricanes just wasn't there at all. Yeah, hurricanes are very similar
3: to what the Chiefs did. In fact, because again, they were taking the ball either side, and and also that first up tackle, they they just put they they used the wrong defensive structure against a team like the Crusaders. You got to kill that pass within the first two passes, and when you have guys like Reese and the likes of Will Jordan coming off the bench to finish the game, you know you, you just do not give these Crusaders space. You've got to kill it. And you of course, gotta, uh, shut the space down. You gotta shut the space down. And and of course, you know, uh, I thought Id was very lucky. In fact, I thought that should have been a penalty try because that 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 was yeah, a penalty, fish tail, you know, that fishtail driving mall was destined to be a try. So again, poor referee yeah. there. Uh but
2: you well, know, that boy... lack of professionalism by the canes, because if you you know to be more professional, professional that started with the twi- outside of the twenty two. Well, I mean, just inside the twenty two. Yeah, like so it's kind of you pull it down after it's gone five metres. You pull it out 10 metres out from the try line not five metres out from the triline. line That's what the Crusaders would have done. They would have <laughs> pulled it down 10 metres out. When it starts rolling and when it starts getting momentum.
0: Sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you say the, second, the 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 side that gave up fourteen penalties to six would would would, would, would have <laughs> would have collapsed the
3: wall. I, I don't believe know. you. Sir. Well, look, uh, guys. Here's something really interesting. Last year, I remember when uh, Crusaders went down. Had a good catch up with uh, Razor Robertson, and 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 one of the things I spoke to Scotty about was how what you know what's the best way to defend a driving or a fish tail or more. Uh, so. The, the, the takeaway from that and what I would put forward is to actually not contest it. Let them set the mode and actually have no offside line and go around. A number of teams have done this very, very yes, effectively. You know, so again, it's just really poor preparation from the Hurricanes. And I mean, if any of uh, your analysis staff are watching, just, just give me a call. I can help you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, look, just on Nocturnal's uh, comment about Laomapi. Look, let's be honest about La Laomapi has good games against the Blues. When does he then goes missing? You know he's obviously got some be in his bonnet about playing the blues or whatever it is, and he comes out and has absolutely fabulous games against them. You know he ran around and out, you know outspeed my England's really good, uh, outspeed um, Bowden Barrett last year, right? And it's just like when whoever thought that La had that pace, but he did it against the Blues. And then where does that come through? Doesn't back it up. So all the guys that jump on the Laomapi bandwagon to say, oh, he should be an all-black and he should be ahead of this guy. The fact is that he's got to back it up week in, week out for the all-black selectors to then say, he's our number 12. Yeah, with Laomapi, look,
3: twofold, guys. I think today the Hurricanes attacking pattern, purely from coaching point of view, is awful. They just, he, he was just very easy and very predictable, as rightly nocturnal says on the chat. You know, they just, he he couldn't, get those good lines and number two he just didn't go looking for the work that's what class players mm-hmm. do they go look for the work they put the yards in put the big boom far. it just didn't happen today and the you know the hurricanes look more like a, a little breeze in the park as opposed to a you know um tornado <laughs> or a hurricane oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: hmm. something blowing through new caledonia um, yeah yeah
0: i so some some of the things there look i, I Looking at this, I can't believe that. According to the stats, hurricanes had eight clean breaks. The Crusaders only three. And you're like, hang on, how did? (laughs) That's the (laughs) three (laughs) twice. That's yeah, that's that's, um, one of those. Yeah, definitely is 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 definitely Moody's food. And and that's one of your points. One of the things um, about about marking up in midfield, you're talking about some. They're about normally what we're talking about is is a is an outside back spotting a guy in front of them with a low number, or basically a uh, and, and then. But what with someone like Cody Taylor now and the skill he's got. He's doing a similar thing. He's like, okay, I'm basically an outside back. If you put a four and a three up in front of me, I'm going to run through the middle of them because, I, because I'm, I'm just going to use going to use my, my my no not, not I'm, not, I'm not, not they're not going to touch me because I'm going to use my my feet to run around them yeah and, and go through the gap. Um, yeah, but if you if you, if then, you so look at the if you look at
3: how the crusaders were defending, they had Blackadder and Colin Grace close together, going up at speed, ma- marking those first up tackles, and they didn't miss a single tackle. Yeah. So. To me, that is real coaching and preparation because they've figured out what the most effective way forward is. Now, from a counter coaching point of view, you just got to make adjustments. If that's not going to work, then you start attacking with and then you use Laumapi accordingly on that second or third phase. But that wasn't happening. It was very predictable, easy read. And yeah, it was very flat from the Hurricanes. Hmm. Uh, But.
0: Once what, those, um, those, um, uh, not those, those my notes for, 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 for Brummies, for Br- this rebel's actually useless. I wasn't making notes because we were no, you didn't. We were, we having pizza, yeah, we, we were eating at the time, <laughs> Sorry, cool. so, um, so there's all memory, um, but yeah, but once those three tries have been scored, you were kind of like, okay, this
2: the, the, the game's gone. The game was very flat after those um, three tries, really, wasn't it? It's just like you said, the game was sort of like, oh, it's over, is it? The, the, the um, Crusaders I, will basically control the game from this point to make sure that the Canes don't come back into it. I, mean, I think we had one more
0: soon afterwards um and then obviously we and then we had um uh the the, the, the kind of really the, the kind of really sealed it i think it was one it was one uh one just before half time wasn't there as well um so it was those three in a burst then one one just before half time and yeah the game at uh, 26-6 uh at half time it, it's gone because uh the um yeah the scott barrett try that was the one that uh was, mm-hmm. was the extra one um and then yeah basically yeah lots of substitutes all a bit disjointed um uh, a, a late, uh, a late uh, try to, um, um, to Peter Amanga Jensen for the, yeah, like late couple of tries to the, to the Hurricanes, one to Ricky and one to Peter manga Jensen, but yeah, all far too, late, far too little, far but, too late.
3: Yeah, um, look, um, the, 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 other thing I've, the other point I try to make is, uh, yeah, the Scott Barrett is playing himself some outstanding form and and a barnstorming game today. He was very clinical, great carries, and um, I think he's being utilized very well as a strike weapon out wide to complement with the outside backs. Again, you know, so brilliant, brilliant work from Scott Robertson and the coaching team. Um, and I think conditioning the the Crusaders have really you know done their jam, and you can clearly see their head and shoulders above the the tempo they play, the pace they play. It's uh, it's outstanding. So it's going to be very, very, very difficult for any side, They're the other one to beat. Um, and I'd be very surprised if they don't
2: go all the way. The other thing I was just going to say about, I mean, like just talking about players and the like, is um, we, we talked about it with Rayasi. We just think that the Canes coaching team, you know, you just talked about Robertson and the planning and and, and you know picking the right to players that sort of the, the Canes are leaving Rayasi on the bench and he's you know he should be starting. Um, we have different opinion. You think for Julian Severe, I think for Wes Houston. Um, but at the end of the day, Rayasi should be on the field for the Canes.
3: No question, he should start. I think uh, I have to say, I hate to say this pains me a lot. I think Saver's starting to be a bit of a liability now. Uh and I'm I'm bang on with Nocturnal. He's he yeah, rayasi has gotta start because you know one of the foreign players in the NPC and it's just not getting the game time to me. That's just absolute madness. That's
2: what what
3: what He's what not- are the one of the other low points I have to mention was that head collision, fifty-fourth minute. Um, like It was friendly flyer. And again, yep. guys, this is this is this is what I keep harping on about. These players are entering into the contact zone far too high. It was a very nasty clash. Um, I think. Uh, I think Blackadder. it was
2: actually um,
3: um, Goodhue's shot um, elbow that actually collected his head. Yeah, exactly. So if someone is going to get collected that high, it means they're entering. So it's. Kind of, it's a very basic skill. It's called bending the knees. And this is something which... and Again, I go back to that point I kept making about uh, Sansa having to interject I think this needs to be close, closely examined and monitored. And there has to be some basic interventions put in. And um, it has to be a collaboration between administrators, coaches, players and referees. At the moment, yeah. it's all one way. The refs are dishing out cards like Santa Claus, The front centre. You can't blame these guys because... The Players are being encouraged to go hi now,
0: okay. So that's the last we're going to do on referees. Um, the other, pl- the, the one last thing I would uh mention is, is I we, we kind of touched on it um earlier. Um, was Garden Basher. Uh, look, he has a break, he's heading towards the corner. Uh, if he just keeps running for the corner, doesn't um stop, doesn't with, slow down, doesn't slow down, look around for try and find support. He scores. Uh, and dive, dives early. He scores, just like Nariki did. Yep. He, he just showed that, um, that like he is young at this level. He didn't have the composure to finish it, unfortunately. But well, you uh, have to say. Ho-
2: hopefully, he gained he gave that composure. Well, then, ja- Jackson's no Connor is one. Obviously, the, the, you see that right? This is like Connor's got pace; Jackson doesn't.
3: Yeah, and also you know, great great cover tackle, perfect technique. You know, around the around the thigh area, it's what you call a gator tackle or a crocodile roll. Brilliant technique. So, again, this, you know, th- this is where technical coaching and technical repetitive work at high performance comes in handy. A uh, bit of inexperience from the young man. He should have just pricked his ears like a racehorse and just gone go for gold. He didn't. Yep. Great uh, great bit of counter work, uh, right? I mean, you know, if, if any kids are watching, that's a textbook tackle. That's how you tackle. It's safe, it's effective,
2: and it's a cry saver and then a bit of lack, of lack of game awareness for me too, because the fact is
1: that going to the court, no support, and he ran to the court. No support.
2: I
3: mean, I saw he's aware. You know, the fastest yeah, guys. Did. I mean, it looked like he needed Uber because you know, <laughs> no, everyone else was just disinterested. So you know, it just goes to show that you know, bit of game awareness and right. You said game management, but you yeah. know, you know, rugby is a game where fourteen of your mates help the fifteenth
2: mate. Score a try and that didn't happen yeah. on that occasion. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. My son just said that with football today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh,
0: uh, in, uh, interestingly enough, with that one run, Garden Bashup got 73 meters and was the second most, re- the second most meters for the uh, <laughs> for the Hurricanes on the day. Yeah. Um, 82 for that mappy off, off 13 carries, interestingly enough. Um, for all we've been bagging him, um, the um, or oh, oh, Arshman has been bagging him. Um, McLeod, I must admit, there's a player that should I didn't know much, I guess, didn't really rape or didn't didn't wasn't kind of didn't that, rate. Didn't, wasn't, <laughs> that, um, <laughs> wasn't really that aware of, to be honest, um, coming into this. But um, look, he's been doing a decent job at, uh, at 12 filling in, obviously because Braden Enor um is injured now for the season. Um so he's he's definitely taking his opportunity um very well. Um not suggesting he should be playing all black screen things like that, but I mean d- d- doing a, a decent job um at super rugby. So well uh, well done on him uh, for taking his opportunity. Um, with both hands um right i think we should wrap things up
2: i was just going to say we need to make sure that nocturnals but garden batship lacks confidence we have to specify now which one connor or jackson because connor's playing with truck loads of confidence jackson's playing with nothing
3: you know, I, I have to say, that run and that tackle on the line reminded me of myself about three years ago. I was playing touch with the, the, my Premier squad. Everyone was stunned that I made a break. The old man made a break and ran all the way. I was stunned myself. But then, sure enough, uh, about half a dozen of the boys caught up and bundled me into touch. So, very... Uh, it's a bit of a car moment for me. Uh, also, I have to say, uh, in the broadcast, there's a beautiful moment. Uh, Norm Berryman, the late, great Norm Berryman, was was given a bit of mention. Uh, you know, good, good good friend of mine, uh, unfortunately, no longer with us. Uh, but it was beautiful to see uh, one of the best players to ever wear that Crusader shirt. So rest in peace, the great late Norm Barrymore. Very...
0: Well, I right, with that, um, we will say goodnight to you all. I'll be back at 7am tomorrow morning with the morning sports briefing. We'll be back tomorrow night at 8pm with Swinging from the Hip. Um uh we oh, where we'll be oh, uh, you'll be hosting. I'll be hosting. Oh well there we go. Um so therefore we'll be talking a lot about uh how um in in, in how in, England in, played. How how India just, just just basically don't produce batting, don't 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 produce uh test worthy wickets. Uh, <laughs> and England
2: um, don't produce test worthy batsmen. Well yeah uh,
0: <laughs> that's much more to the point, let's be honest. Um so thank you everybody. Um <laughs>
3: <laughs> stay well, stay safe, guys. Thank you.
1: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.